Get ready to rock out with your talk out. It's the Ludini Rock and Roll Circus. everyone to the Ludini Rock and Roll Circus. I am your host, Lou Lombardi, but uh, I tell you what, since we're friends, you can call me Ludini. How's nice. that? That's beautiful, man. You're, you're very generous. I know, I know. It's just, uh, you know, I'm uh, feeling a little, uh, sometimes, some nights I'm mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Dr. Johnny Fever. Yes. And some nights I'm Venus Flytrap. Well, ain't that some shit? Tonight I feel like... Dr. Venus Von Fever or something like that. I like that. it. Anyways, it is the Lugini Rock and Roll Circus, and you can find out what about what the hell that is by going to LuginiRockandRollCircus.com. Yes, we still do the .com thing here. Of course, um, let me ring this PA out a little bit here. Um, okay, go ahead. We still do the .com thing here. At the end of the day, I don't own Facebook. Nope. I don't own Instagram, Twitter, nope. Nope. none of that. Not yet. But I do own LudiniRockAndRollCircus.com. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and so I can kind of do what the fuck I want to do there. Hell yeah, you so, the boss. So uh, there's all kind of cool stuff there, all the archives of uh, interviews and all kind of fun stuff. Merchandise, of course, and our YouTube archive, all kind of fun stuff. So you can check that out at LudiniRockAndRollCircus.com. Speaking of things like .com, go to RockRageRadio.com. Download the free app for freaks. <laughs> it's for it's the freak free app. Freak free free freaks. Yeah, you can f- get, don't freak you, out. You, you can it's geek free. out with your freak out. Absolutely, oh, my freak out. Is that what you call it? Is that what you kids are calling it? Today? Yeah, they're having their freak outs. Freak All the kids out. gots to have Put your freak, freak back in there. I know. I know. Get off my lawn, Get right? Off my lawn, punks. <laughs> but yeah, uh, rockrageradio.com. Download the free app. You can hear uh, tons of great music programming 24 7. That means 24 hours a day, seven days a week. In Whoa. case you didn't know. Is that what that means? What that meant. And that uh, just reminded me of Mr. something I needed to add to my um, notes know, here. Did not know that. Yes, yes. But now I know it. 24. 24- 24 days, 7 hours a day. Exactly. All right. <laughs> I got it. I got it now. Um, <clears throat> that reminded me of something I want to discuss. Okay. I want to talk about egg corns. Wow. I'm going to talk about egg corns. Okay, but what we have one more we have one more piece of housekeeping to do. Well, of course, right. you want to always check out Wolf's, Wolf's Customs oh, uh, yeah. dot online or just find them on social media for great custom artwork on your musical instrument. Mm-hmm. Okay, so you check that out. I have um, returned to Facebook. Have you? I am doing a lot of... Um, guitar concerts um just live just turning on the nice. live thing and just playing um so check it out um you know right. just if you follow me I on facebook you. i we, i don't want the people in the inner circle group to feel cheated so i'm working on something more uh Ooh. interactive or better for you guys to do nice. with that uh that we can do there but um trying to just sort of like uh have an outlet to play fucking guitar yeah, that's basically it. I'm just. Well, been, I, I used to enjoy your Facebooks. I, I they pop been, up, and I'm like, woo! 
I, and I live right next door, and I hear you doing them sometimes, and I'm like, ooh, because I get to see you. You explain some shit. You get to see, you know, you're actually playing the guitar. I, I So I'm glad you're back. So um, thank you. Sure. <clears throat> but, uh, yeah, I'm getting back. In my, um, you guys can check those. I just follow me on just find me on Facebook. Uh, but we will be doing some stuff with the circle group. I'm thinking the circle jerk. Let's no, we're circle jerk. Um, with a, not with my, inter- for that my again. private group, we'll be doing some stuff there too nice. as well. That'll be a little bit different. Um, uh, I just need an outlet to play. I've been working really hard on my guitar yeah. playing, and I'm like, yeah. I want to play. You know, so I'm playing. That's what I'm doing. Uh, you know, if you if it, you can't get a gig, make your own fucking gig, right? There you go. Exactly. This is this is 2023. Hell this, yeah! You can do whatever like that. So. Right on. Um, so, <clears throat> so I think that is all the housekeeping I need to do for okay. the moment. But yeah, um, like so it. there. Um, speaking of, um, well, I don't know where to, there's so many things that we need to talk about. So we are yeah. going to be getting into the whole subject of these uh, featuring, mm-hmm. uh, you know, this, this artist little... featuring this. You know, there's been times over the past few months where I've been looked at the charts and literally like nine right. out of the top right. ten were featuring like so featuring. So. Yeah. yeah, Miley Cyrus featuring. Adriana or whatever yes, you know what yeah, I mean exactly. like you know it's like you know but it's uh, not a new thing it's no it's not a new thing and but I went like, back, I'm but, like I forgot about but, some of these collaborations yeah okay but but, 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 but yeah. it is a like a really huge thing now yes in our day in our old day. on olden times you know yeah. You know, I had a friend of mine, her kid, she's she's African-American, uh-huh. and you know, her kids had nerve to ask her. She was a slave. <laughs> <laughs> like, shut My the God. fuck up. She says, wow. I ain't playing with you. That's how she talks. Wow. Says, you yeah. need to go to your yeah, rooms and be quiet. Old. I was born in 1865. <laughs> Came up on the she's a little bit railroad. she's a little bit younger than us she's oh a bit younger than us God. even yeah for you like yeah to you you little <laughs> bastards but when you know, but in the old days wow. it was a real special thing mm-hmm. when yeah. we yeah. when that happened you know we would people would, would you know it was really it was neat yeah, sometimes you've sort of like it felt like it showed solidarity right. between the artists yeah hey, these guys you know are, I mean these guys oh, are kind of cool okay. yeah that's cool that they're working together. Um, sometimes it was for a special cause, sure. Uh, like you know the uh, live aids, live aid things, stuff like uh, that. Although we're not going to be getting into that. That's a little. Well, that's um, a whole but you remember the um, collaboration with a bunch of um, um, uh, Dion Warwick and Stevie Wonder, and was it did Elton John sing on it too? Oh yeah, that's what friends are for. No. Um, no, I but was thinking about the big thing like USA for Africa. Well, what I'm saying is like then there were smaller things. Yeah, we all know about USA oh, okay. for I Africa. I thought that's what you were. We know about Live Aid okay, and everything, yeah, yeah. but they did this thing for AIDS research. That's right. Oh, this that's what friends are for. Yes, and then yes, there was the one with um with these. I thought we all kind of, we thought these were kind of strange bedfellows. Uh, with Sting. Uh-huh. With. Brian, not Ryan Adams. Brian Adams. Brian I can't Adams. remember the third guy. Was the third guy Rod Stewart? It was all for love and what love for all or whatever it was from the oh, Robin wow. Robin Hood yeah. movie. Yeah. Who was the third guy? It was three guys all singing about love to each other. And look, <laughs> not other. that there's anything no, wrong with that. No. Like it's the 21st century. You know, like you know, people do whatever they want to do. You know, they they get up in the night and trade wieners. I mean, they do all wow. kinds of stuff. I but, did not know that. But. Who was the third third person? 
I don't know. Mr. Well, research. Well, I'm actually taking It's Mr. Research. Hi, everybody. I'm Mr. Research. Speaking of everybody, Mr. Pittsburgh is here. I, I'm What's so sorry. up, everybody? Mr. We, he and I were talking so much that it was just like we just turned the What was the name of the song? Uh, all, all for Love. That's it. Love for All. All for... It was from it was from the uh, uh, that Robin Hood movie where Kevin Costner sometimes okay. Rod Stewart's Rod, Rod Stewart. Stewart yeah Brian Adams and Stink and the Stink <laughs> the big old Stink uh, but but you know so artists would get together things like that but sometimes it was more like hey come and play on my record yeah that'd be cool yeah why don't you come and play on my record okay. And a lot of people would say, sure, I'll come fuck play on your record. Mm-hmm. You know, I'll come fuck. Yeah. And um, so when that would happen, it would be super fun. You yeah. know, we always, we really enjoyed that. Uh, uh, going back to, we're going to show, we're going to, now you can, if you were not, if you did not grow up in a, and go to a Christian high school, this will make oh, no boy. sense to you. But like, I even like the record with Phil Keggy in the second chapter of Acts. Oh, uh, How the West Was How, Yeah, I, I have that somewhere. W-O-N. Yeah. yeah, I've got it. Um, but anything, but th- those were kind of like, oh, this is neat. You That's know, these guys cool. are all, all kind of hanging yeah. out with each other. Exactly. You know what I mean? And um, so uh, I thought, I always thought that, that that type of thing was was cool. But um, now, it, it, and you know, th- so there were songs like um, Love Lift Us Up mm-hmm. with Jennifer Warrens and um, Joe Cocker. Yes. Okay. Um, but then there were times when somebody would literally do just, hey, come hang out with me and be on my record. Mm-hmm. And one of those, uh, like, like uh, when we're going to talk about this, the uh, Stevie Nicks yes. thing. Yes. Okay. That's with the, the different folks sure. she's worked with. So we're going to be getting into that here in a few minutes. Okay. But um, um, it'll be a good time. I, I, I think this is, I'm, you know, the question is, mm-hmm. first of all, we're going to talk about some of our, some of the best ones from the classic rock era. Yep. But we're also going to be asking the question, like, is it? Does it really add anything to the music, right. or is this just a kind of a clever marketing gimmick? Kind gimmick, of kind of, yeah, kind exactly. of a gimmick, kind of a gimmick, kind of a gimmick. Um, but yes, so that brings me to. We might as well start with Eggcorns. Um, what? The there hell? is a professor. Yeah. At the university, uh, uh, Penn State University. Okay then. Who coined this term, Eggcorns? Let me ask you a question. Go ahead. Now there are just just say your thing like don't try to like okay. if you really think something just clear my it, brain like, yeah. brain okay, okay go ahead is it buck naked or butt naked wow now I'm gonna say butt naked because your butt's out but I have heard and have used buck naked buck buck is it buck naked or butt butt naked okay oh. is it scantily clad or scandally clad oh scantily. Scantily, that I know. Okay. Those are examples of eggcorns. Those are misheard things that people still, what they make up, still works. Yeah. Scandally clad or scantily clad. Kind of the same thing, right? Yeah, yeah. You know? Yeah. It's very interesting. There's a great YouTube on. Uh, there's a great YouTube on video about it. There's a great video on YouTube about it, there or is. a great v- YouTube on video. Um, <laughs> either way, either way it works, there right? Either go. way it works. Um, you know, Alzheimer's, old timers. People call exactly all, you know, right. It's so the it's like kind of the, even though it's like yeah, yeah. so. It's this, this thing where people make an effort to. They're trying to say the same thing and they understand the meaning of it, right? But they're not quite sure of a word or a pronunciation of a thing or two. So they get close as close as they can, but still get the meat. You still get the meaning. You know, some people think it's doggy dog. 
No, it's dog eat, eat dog. dog. Yeah, you know, it's a doggy dog, dog world. It's a doggy sure dog is. because people say it fast, and you could miss. Yo, hear. doggy dog. Yeah, no, exactly. Dog eat dog. Yeah, exactly. So this this guy has coined this term. I mean, there's not many people that get to say I got a word in a dictionary. Yeah, they put this as now in the standard. Is it Oxford, really? Yeah, an acorn. That's what an acorn is. Is it's these one of these phrases or words that people kind of misunderstand, but yet mm-hmm. they able to derive a pretty good. Maybe sometimes, like in the they in the video, they actually get into a discussion about butt naked versus yeah. buck naked, and how it is so close that like even the dictionaries aren't completely clear on which is the yeah. correct. Wow! It's, yeah, it's really interesting, and then very often people will create their own thing, and that becomes the thing. Yep. So it's yep. really fascinating. Oh, that's cool. Egg- I love oh, language. I was an English major. Yeah. Um, and I think stuff like this is really freaking fascinating. So. Excellent. Um, so check it out. Right. Um, uh, this is something that um, Mr. Pittsburgh is going to really like this story. Okay. So the um, blues guitarist, Mike Bloomfield. Sure. Now, Mike Bloomfield is one of these guys that like um, not a lot of people, even from my generation, like know his music. They know of him, mm-hmm. but not necessarily super familiar with his music. Right. Um, <clears throat> he's one of these guys that you know did not make a lot of money kind of like lived a little bit on the fringes mm-hmm. died young yeah um but you know has influenced so many so, guitar players yeah. like both you know like Robin Ford is like my Mike Bloomfield is his guy and so many, so many guitarists have been influenced by Mike Bloomfield sure but there's a famous story about Mike um he uh, was playing a what is that? A '56 Les Paul is the one that has the uh, um, so, the P90s with yeah, the yeah. wrap tailpiece. Is that the '56? That's actually older, older, like maybe '54. '54. 54. Yeah, yeah. So he had that guitar, and um, he was played some gigs with a very young yeah. Dan Earlywine. Okay, his band. Sure. American so the, the two yeah. bands, the two bands were like kind of like, and they would run into each other on the same circuit. They were both sure. similar bluesy blues. Band. Yes. Uh, he was playing with the Paul Butterfield blues band okay. at the time. That's who Mike was playing with. And um, they, of course, and so what they did was one night, it was Paul Butterfield's birthday. So Dan Earlywine's band threw Paul Butterfield a birthday party okay. and they played all of Paul Butterfield's songs. Oh, wow. With their band. Okay. You know I mean? Yeah. And it was like a big everybody was drinking having a good time. Cool. Yeah. And Mike got up and played Dan Earlywine's fifty nine burst. Sure. And did not want to give it back. <laughs> Like drove Dan crazy every time they saw every time he saw him he was like hey man you know I'll trade you mine I'll trade I'll just I'll trade you my guitar like right now and so Dan ended up doing that he ended up trading to Mike Bloomfield Uh trading off his uh, 59 Les Paul burst to Mike Bloomfield and um, in exchange for this 54 Uh $150 (laughs) righteous bucks dude yeah. Um, wow. So, um, but Mike Bloomfield was uh, an impulsive person. A uh-huh. um, well, he was a flake. Yes. <laughs> I think this is drug related. But oh, check boy. this out, Mister Pittsburgh. Okay. He was on tour with Paul Butterfield Blues Band. Mm-hmm. And they had like commitments. They had to play. You know what I mean? They had a gig after gig. You know they weren't on. And he just left the tour. Yes. To fly home to San Francisco, 
to watch a television show that was debuting. Okay. Literally just left the tour. I gotta check out this show. Well, you know they didn't and, have and left le- left his <laughs> l- not left his fifty nine Les Paul his amped everything there. He didn't even he just left without that. He just got on a plane. He left all his shit. What? And so the manager of Paul Butterfield Blues Band like held on to it for like a long time. He's like he says we until Mike makes restitution <laughs> for the gigs that we had to right, cancel. Right, right. Okay, I can see you it. Sure. I mean? That was the manager's thinking. Um, but the show he rushed to San Francisco because they couldn't get it in New York. Uh huh. Was PBS's soundstage. Well, you know what? So it's a kind of weird story, isn't it? Like wow. Mike Bloomfield soundstage in a '59 Les Paul. Yeah. <laughs> like you know, all together. Um, That's fine. I'm keeping this thing. That's a crazy. It's a, it'll a crazy. Worth, thing, you know? It'll be worth three hundred and fifty dollars someday. Um, it yeah he uh, the, the, and then there's the story goes on about the guitar which I don't need to get right. but I just thought that was like kind of crazy like he just everything. like I remember when I'm listening to the story today and I'm going like well, wait what I had to like back it up wow. <laughs> I was like, he did not you know I'm sure a lot of guitar players like watch that and you like, know like lost their shit and, yeah, yeah you know cringe you know oh, over that because his guitars are like so yeah, sought after that, really that is the most TV sought after show. guitar in the world is the right? 59 yeah level. yeah yeah it's the most high value I left my guitar. Stradivarius <laughs> um um I, real quick the submarine thing um just real quick yes um look man I love great I love jokes and inappropriate humor but what I did not like were the sort of cavalier attitude we had towards people's lives. Right. And I don't give a fuck. I don't believe in classism. Uh, right. Uh, They're somebody who's a, a, bi- a billionaire. Yeah. He still puts his pants on one leg at a time. Mm-hmm. He still lives his life. He has people he loves and cares about. They love and care about him. Yeah. And I don't give a fuck. And that it's a horrible, horrible tragedy. You yeah. know what I mean? Like it's just absolutely terrible, and I think the sort of like some of the humor was like crossing into this. Mm-hmm. Well, fuck you, you're a billionaire. You know, like yeah. I, we you're never. I'm telling you guys, if you had that attitude, like you need to take take a little bit of yeah. examination because that's the kind of shit that like set gets us all separated from each other, and then really bad exactly. shit goes down. So just I just was not cool with that. Well, um, especially since there's a kid involved. Jeez, oh man, the kid never got to grow up and you know do his own. Thing. Yeah. It's 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 all I, I have to agree with you there. I was like kind of kind of shocked, and I'm like, oh, come on. These, I mean, we're, I mean, it sounds to me like, and again, man, I really like to comment too much on because I didn't really know what it was yeah. until Keith told me about no, it. Uh, so I went, and he's like, yeah, these, these like his folks got on this thing. I'm like, oh, okay, so that was the billionaires and the submarine right. jokes and everything. I was saying, okay, okay, now, okay, now I was like yeah. putting it putting it together because I'm really trying to unplug from pretty much any bullshit, <clears throat> but. Um, I, I'm not. I, I'm just saying that, like, we just let, let we, let's all be a little cooler with the yeah, yeah, Ludini yeah. ain't about that sort of thing. That's right. um, so, speaking of YouTube, man, you guys have to find and watch the channel Space Ice. It has space nothing to do ice. with space. Okay. It has nothing to do with ice. It's not a sci-fi thing okay. or anything, or, or you know, science thing or anything like that. This guy does movie recaps. Oh, okay. Okay, and dude. He is off the fucking hook. Yeah? Like, his delivery is oh, so freaking hilarious. Yeah? You know what I mean? And he really loves, he really he really goes in for these, like, super hardcore, over-the-top action flicks. You okay. know what I mean? And, yeah. and that's why Jean-Claude Van Damme <laughs> is fucking awesome! <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, you know, like, so... And, and So I watched a great one on um, Season of the Witch 
uh, with Nick Cage. Uh-huh. And man, like, it is just freaking hilarious. But I got turned on to this channel over the weekend, and I've been kind of binging it. Uh, Space it Ice, fine. Yeah, it does. He does. Yeah. Now, if, you, if you're interested in seeing the movie that he's talking about, Forewarned, like, he tells you the whole story. So right, it's right. something you think you might watch, like, watch a different, yeah, yeah, watch yeah. A different video. <clears throat> but yes, yeah, Space Space Ice. Space Ice. Speaking of Space Ice, yes. I watched the Becky sequel, The Wrath of Becky. Oh. Um, it was a terrible disappointment. Oh. Save your money. Save your time. I'll save you an hour. hour. It, it was an hour and 20 minutes. I could love to get that back. Yeah. It just, yeah. No, okay. no, they, uh, no, they try to crowbar in, again, some like political blah, blah, blah. Uh-huh. And, you know, like, and they have to throw that in there, which would have been okay. But it just, it was, it was actually kind of boring. Yeah. I was just like... Because the first Becky, you know, that's the one with Kevin, what's his name? King of Queens, Kevin. What's his name? Oh, Kevin James. Yeah. Uh-huh. He plays a neo-Nazi. I can't I don't think I've ever seen it. I've heard of it. But There's I, a yeah. fucking scene, dude, involving his eye. I won't want to spoil it. That oh. will, like, it's like burned in my brain. It's fucking awesome. It's like, it was like that movie, that movie is like very suspenseful. It's very gory. It's also yeah. funny too. Okay. Um, this seems like it was played more for laughs and no. it just, it, did, it didn't work for me. Okay. Um, uh, and I was um, something I've been doing, and I would do not want to talk too much about this. But I'm going to talk about this next week. Is I have been reading Silence of the Lambs. It is oh reading. We, it. We okay, talk- I've read it. Yeah, we were, we were yeah. talking about the movie and how much mm-hmm. I, I've realized it's one of my favorite movies of all time. And I so I held off reading the book because I'm like. <sighs> I, I love. The, I've seen the movie so much. Like, is I might yeah. just be bored. I know everything's no. going to happen. Blah, blah, blah. You've yeah. read it. I've read it. Oh my god! So like, we're going to get into that because I was thinking about books that were turned into movies, and I I'm um, probably going to read um, the Red Dragon next. I read uh-huh. it before. Yeah, I did I've read, read both that one of them, before. Yeah, it's been uh, a long time. But um, on on Audible, Frank Mueller does it. It's he's so fucking good. He he was an awesome uh, uh, audio book performer. Mm-hmm. Uh, for many many years, and he was um, killed in a freak Ooh. motorcycle. Oh jeez! Yeah, a lot of authors, you know, like Stephen King. Like once he heard Frank Mueller, he didn't want anybody else to read his audio books. Mm-hmm. He was like, "He Frank is my man." <clears throat> yeah, I'm not going to give anything away, but there's a scene, and we'll talk about it uh, when we talk about this uh, next week or whatever. But there's a scene in the movie where I just kind of cocked my head after reading the book. And it goes into detail about that particular scene. The the the, the, the pen. No, Wait, not not the pen. Do you want me to tell you? Um, well, let me see if I can figure it out. Okay, go ahead. Okay. Well, I'm also <laughs> talking about it. Now. I guess we're talking about it now. Yeah, why not? Um, well, first of all, there's a lot of stuff where I in the where it, it, look they did a great job with the movie. Like the movie is is essentially the book. Like it's essentially yeah. Yeah. tells the same. You know, there's no big you know um, de- giant deviation. Isn't mm-hmm. like loosely based. It's pretty much. In fact, there's a lot of dialogue that's right from the, the book. book. It was right showed exactly, up in the yeah. movie. Exact lines that people say. Marcus Aurelius of each thing. Think of what it is or whatever. <laughs> like it's exactly. Yeah. You can like. And yeah. the whole time I'm listening, I'm imagining Anthony Hopkins, exactly. and Scott Glenn, and, and you know uh, yeah, Shirley exactly. Temple. Not Shirley Temple. Not Shirley Temple. <laughs> Could you imagine though? AI. You know what? What? They should do the AI oh, should no. should tell AI to remake Silence of the Lambs with Shirley Temple instead of Jodie Foster. Wow. Only you. <laughs> Only you would come up with that. 
I predict that you're gonna. I predict that once this AI thing gets going, uh-huh. you're, there's gonna be so many versions of Star Wars. Oh, I'm like, sure. People are just gonna be make Star Wars where you know this. Is yeah, they're gonna like all kind of shit. You know what I mean? Where Spock shows up at the end. There you go. <laughs> yeah. All right. Uh, so, but do you, so, so do you want to guess that scene? So that no, 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 no. There's a bunch of things in there. Like okay. also like the other scene where he says, "I will tell you the rest in Memphis." And I was always like in the movie, I was like. Like, that's pretty, like, why do they just run him off to Memphis? Like, the safe thing to do would be, like, while right. he's in that environment there, get all the information. Exactly. Don't, and then, you know, before you go moving him around, yeah, yeah. this is a dangerous motherfucker. Yeah. And, um, but you realize in the book that his plan was to get the fuck out of that cell. And he knew right then, mm-hmm. he knew right then that this was his, he was going to get away. Chance. Like, he was like, that's how, he, Lecter is, like, fucking 10 steps ahead of you yep that character is so fucking good oh, that's yeah. why people he didn't i don't know if he worked as well as a main character in like some of the later movies right right but right. man he's fucking he's still fucking great he's still fucking great but yeah. what, what scene were you talking about i'm so, here let me tell you where okay. i am so you don't so we don't spoil anything i'm at like she just told crawford look i will take the recycle and come back to do my finish my six months you know in a year from now i'm going after what's going on here i'm going to belvedere ohio and Uh that's kind of like where the last part of the movie so she's already to that point she's already searched the garage no no she searched the. no i'm at the almost at the end okay okay you know where she's gonna she's gonna encounter and shoot him in the basement and all that like i'm like she's getting ready to leave to go to belvedere that's fine yeah so this is past where i'm gonna tell you so the thing that like made sense after i read the book was uh she goes she she searches the garage uh Finds Benjamin Rasbell's yeah. head, blah blah blah. But in the process, cuts her leg as she's going under the under the. Okay, uh, okay, okay, yeah. So once she finds the head, she immediately goes back. This is in the movie. Goes back to Lecter. She's there on the floor and she's talking to him, and he sends the towel out for her, and she's right. drying her head, and he says, "Your bleeding is stopped now." And she just gets this look on her face, like, and then she looks down at her leg now. Right. What's not discussed in the movie, but is talked about in the book, is she had just finished her period, and that's what popped into her head. And okay. her, that's why she gave him that look, like, how do you know that? And then she realized. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. and I'm like, yeah, it, yeah, that's kind of a cool little tidbit there. Yeah. But that explains why she kind of cocked her head, because it doesn't go into it in the movie, but I'm like, okay. Also, um, in the... Uh the story with the rancher and everything is different. Yeah. That's different. Yeah. There's a horse involved. Like, it's like, it's like, you know, okay. But I think th- I can understand in the movie, like, simplify it. Yeah, like, yeah, what is yeah. really, we, yeah, let's just cut it down to what we absolutely yeah. need. Because it is the movies, the pacing's perfect. Like, it never oh, feels it like it's dragging. It's like right. one of the- I mean, that's the one. Of, you know, there's a handful of perfect movies in this world. That's, that's definitely one of them. on the list. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. But anyways, we'll talk about that right. in another time. But so, so thinking of these, uh, uh Big time novels that got turned into big movies. I re- mm-hmm. remembered Presumed Innocent with Harrison Ford. You ever seen oh, that? I've not seen it, but I know of it. Okay. Okay. Uh, Bonnie Bedelia, <clears throat> Harrison Ford, Brian De- Brian Dennehy. Oh, um, it's a it's a fucking great cast. Um, I remember going to see it in the movie theater. Okay. Mm-hmm. It has a since you've never seen it, I will just say it has a kind of sixth sense. Okay. Twist. All right. All right. Very okay. Good. Very it's, good. it's it's like um it's up in the category of movies like um like um who's Kaiser Sose? What's the, uh, the Usual Suspects? 
Okay, yeah, you know, yeah, like yeah, these yeah, movies yeah. where, like, the whole movie, like, you're, and then you have this thing at the end. Zoop. Okay, this yep. this does this does that. Okay, um, but so watching it the second time, and this is the only second time I've ever watched it since I saw it in the theater when it came out mm-hmm. in 1990. Wow. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Um, and Harrison Ford was he's such a great actor. He's very subtle, yes. and like he's good at like he doesn't always have to be. Rah! Sometimes his best shit is his most laid back shit. Exactly. You know I mean? But he's super. He's he's really good. He's really good in this. Um, uh, but um, Bonnie Bedelia has a um, one of these scenes in the movie where she gives a long, mm-hmm. like soliloquy, and it's she's really good. It's like you could tell, like when you're watching, you're like, okay, this was her big moment, right? You know, this was like the biggest thing that she mm-hmm. ever did, mm-hmm. like in acting and everything. And I don't know if she was nominated or anything for anything with that. I, I would like to look at, but it's very good. The only thing that like was different is modern movies versus you know movies like that. Um, I guess because Harrison Ford A was a man, mm-hmm. B had top billing. Right they, during her this soliloquy, they keep cutting to him. Oh. Not a whole lot, but right. enough. But instead and, of focusing yeah, and, totally and it on really, her, like, and I was thinking about a movie I just saw. Um, oh, with that, she's great, Rebecca Hall, mm-hmm. um, where she gives this really intense soliloquy, and you, they don't move, you don't move, yeah. you don't cough, yep. you don't scratch your nuts, right. you don't get up and get a drink. You are, you want to know, focused. You just, you yeah. just, she has you. Yes. You know, she had, and Bonnie Bedelia does a very mm. similar thing here, except the way that it was edited and stuff like it, it mm-hmm. didn't really give her a chance to shine in the same way. Hmm. But if you ever get a chance to see it, I think it's a very good movie. Okay. Totally uh, worthwhile. Okay. So this brings me back. There's only one last thing to talk about. One last thing. <laughs> Let's get to it. Okay. Bo is afraid. Is he? With Joaquin. Okay. Um, have you heard about this movie? No, but as soon as you say Joaquin, well, it I is Joaquin Phoenix, and it is also Ari Aster's third major movie. Uh huh. Ari Aster's first movie is the uh, the movie about the uh, family where the so what's it, what's it called? What's wrong with something's wrong with the Johnsons? Okay, that was his first movie. Then okay. his second movie was Hereditary. Mm-hmm. His third movie was Midsummer. And now his new movie is called Bo is Afraid. Okay. And, um, yeah. Yeah? This is best, I, I would tell you right now, this movie will be best enjoyed um, with copious amounts of marijuana. Oh, my. Uh, if you can get access to hashish. Wow. Or LSD. Jeepers. You'll you'll just be, you'll just you'll, slide, you'll right slide right in. You'll in. slide in right in with this Wow. Movie. Yeah, and there's all kind of theories on yeah. it on online about what this movie is really about. Okay, um, and um, it is not completely um, allegorical. Like Mother, did you see Mother? Mm-hmm. That's like just that movie is an allegory. That's what that movie is. This has elements of that in it, okay. but it's there's a like a cohesive story that does run through it. Yeah, it but they take their time. They're like they're not in a big hurry to tell you what the story is going to be. You have to just sit down <laughs> and go with this thing. And that's exactly how I have to approach this movie. If you think if you're interested in seeing it, I would say just open your mind. You okay. have to be completely open minded. You can't sit down and go like, well, this isn't very this or that. This isn't very eh. you know, there's there's absolute elements of total horror in it. There's also mm. some of the funniest fucking shit I've ever seen in a movie mm. ever. Um, it's a little bit like the movie I talked about um, last week. The um, 
uh, the ninth configuration, the um, okay, yeah, Peter, Peter Vladdy yeah. film. This is a, it reminded me of it a bit. Okay, um, but this is a to- this poor guy has problems. <laughs> okay, <laughs> he's not right in the head. I can see and, why he's afraid. And he goes on a little bit of an adventure. Oh. Okay. And this the movie is the sort of like ups and downs and ins and outs of this adventure that mm-hmm. he goes on. Yes. And um it's fucking crazy. Um I'm not sure I'm in love with the ending. Okay. Um maybe once I think about it more or whatever it'll right. make more sense to me or I'll, you know, jibe with it. Um but I have one thing I will tell you about it. Okay. It is never boring. Okay. It's three hours. Oh. But it's like, it's like you, like but I it, did turn, I turned yeah. it off because Sharon was leaving. Uh-huh. So I turned it off an hour into it the first night I started watching. Okay. Okay. She was, so it was paused. You know, right. Sure. Later, you know, whatever. And then I looked down at the thing and saw that the movie, Still I had another had. two hours and I thought, this is really going to be good in sections. At that point, I yeah. had already stopped it. Yeah. Um, but we were both like. Wow. What is this? Wow. This is okay. Never, never saw that before. Uh-huh. And we got a, what, about an hour into it, and I said to her, "I'm like, so far, I, said, I have no idea where it's, what's going on. Mm-hmm. So far, I would tell you, there's nothing I've seen in this movie that I've ever seen in any other movie. Interesting. It's completely different, huh? It's you know, and and it you know, it is very competently shot. Like it's beautiful. Like the yeah. the cinematography and the sets and like everything is really fucking great. Um, the acting is out of this fucking world. Okay. Joaquin Phoenix. I, I, I watch him and I'm like, this is one of our, this is our, this, he's in the league with Jack Nicholson. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. Or, yeah. or Robert De Niro or one of those guys. He's like, he's absolutely in that league. Um, it's, uh, I, I thought it, I really, and I really had a good time with it, but I don't know like how great it really is. Like maybe it's just horse shit. Yeah, you know, so, because the reviews are really mixed. There are people okay. like this movie's just fucking horseshit. This is just a weird, stupid movie that you know Ari Aster thought he could get away with because he had two big hit movies back to back. So fuck you. <clears throat> and um, you know, and then there's other reviewers that are you know more enthusiastic about. It. I'm I, I'm on the enthusiastic side, but I completely understand whether people are. This is not yeah, going to be like, certain people's cup yeah. of tea. You know what I mean? Like, just no, just, just no, you're not going to like it. If you're looking for something easy, this, this is this not, ain't it. no, it's not light entertainment. Yeah. All right. No, this will, this oh, is, this is, this is, this is going to take you places Okay. that you may yeah. or may not want to go. Oh my. So this is why you have to go in with like movie, take me away. Okay. Just whatever. I'm yep. willing to yep. just, you, you, I'm following you. Yes. That's what, um, uh, Bo is afraid is, you know, cool to, Try it. Have you ever seen Black Mirror? The the TV series Black Mirror. It's from B, it's from uh, Britain, BBC. Have you ever seen it? I saw two episodes. Okay. Here's the episode <clears throat> I sticks up my mind. Though. Yes. The prime minister has to fuck a yes. pig. Yes. Yes. That's. And the... I'm like, what the yes. fuck yes. is this? Yeah. This is no. This is not right. <laughs> <laughs> and so I um, and I watched another episode, uh-huh. but that was the one that got my mind. Cause yeah, was that was salacious. very. I'm like, whoa, yeah. Uh, Black Mirror here, blah 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 blah. So I started watching. It's a new season. So it made me watching. wonder, though. 
it, it, it was it was effective enough to make as preposterous as it was. It was effective enough to make me wonder, like, well, wait a minute, mm-hmm. <laughs> what happens if that has somebody kid said it was some kidnapping, baby Jessica, right? Okay, I'll give you back baby Jessica, but you but but Mr. President, you have to go on television in front of the whole world, fuck a pig. <laughs> <laughs> like what would happen? You know, he would be like up against the wall. Like, yeah. He would like what would you do? All right, here we go. I, okay. I think there was some I think there were some world leaders that watched that and went Oh, oh Jesus Christ! No, don't Great. give them, don't no, give them they're ideas. Gonna start kidnapping people and making <laughs> us go fuck things. God damn it! Everybody's gonna know we're sickos. Oh fuck! Well, I started watching the new uh, the new um, season, I guess, and uh, the one that I Is really it still on. Yeah, it's a, the new season just dropped because on I think the 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 I think that. I don't know when it starts. You probably have it in front of you, mm-hmm. but I think it started like way before the pandemic, like a couple years. Oh yeah, like yeah, it, or... yeah. It doesn't come out every year. Okay, you know. Uh, so uh, the the name of this particular episode was Beyond the Sea, right? And I thought it was really interesting. Just going to talk about it a little bit. Uh, basically, the story takes place in an alternate 1969, and two astronauts are alone on a shuttle in outer space. Now, because of the length of their mission, they've been given technology that beams their consciousness back to Earth, 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 so they can live out their everyday lives with their families in the form of life-life, lifelike mechanical replicas. Okay, so the two astronauts are Aaron Paul of Breaking Bad and and Josh Josh Hartnick of some other thing. But I thought it was really interesting because, like, they basically would lay down, their consciousness would be beamed back to Earth, and then their replicants would come to life and do things with their family. And then when a mission would arise, they would go sit their replicant down and beam back up. Very cool, right? Well, actually, it sounds like somebody solved a huge problem. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Except for one small problem. Uh, While Josh's consciousness is beamed into his replicant, People break into his house and murder his family in front of him. Oh. Wow, that's mean. That is mean. Uh, so I don't want to give everything away, but uh, so the Aaron Paul character says, look, man, you're going crazy up here. Do you want to stream your consciousness down into my replicant just so you could feel the earth again and, you know, contact people and whatnot? He goes, man, that would be awesome. And in the process, this Josh Hartnick falls in love with Aaron Paul's wife. So I'm going to leave it at that. But I thought it was really cool. I'm like, that's a really cool concept. In other words, in other words, the, the, the lesson is like, like, in the, you know, how the don't Twilight be nice. Zone, you know, how, no, the lesson is like, in the, you nice. know, the Twilight Zone, there's always like a lesson, right? Yes. Yes. This, so this sounds like, this sounds like the lesson here is this is why we can't have nice things. Yeah. Because yeah. you fuckers, you fuckers know, fuck it up. We can't fuck it up. Poor guy's going to space, wants to come back, spend time with family, fuck kill him. Yeah, and then then his buddy tries to help him out. What he ended up doing ends up like fucking his oh, wife. Like, yeah. But uh, I thought I, I love I love the Black Mirror episodes. They're very very interesting. Very interesting. So just started watching those. All right, and that's what I've been doing rather than working. <laughs> hey, if anybody out there got a job where I just sit on my ass for eight hours, collect my pay, and go home. I could I could help you with that. Do yeah. you like old people? Uh, fried or, or baked? <laughs> I'm sorry, that's not right. Do uh, I like old? Do people? you like old people? Because sure, if you like old not? people, there that's absolutely a job. Oh, I know that. Yeah, yeah. You know, you go and hang out with them, and 
Yeah. yeah. Watch TV with them. Sharon's cool. doing that. Oh, oh, there you go. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, what you did? She said, well, we watched a couple of movies, <laughs> and then we ate. Do you want to? Do you want to? We wanna, took a nap. I know <laughs> I'm you. Like, lo- what the fuck? <laughs> I, I know you love my stories. Do you want to hear a story? Yeah, I love your stories. I'll tell you this real quick. So when I worked at uh, Presby, um, our caseload didn't couldn't justify our our being at work. So they said, listen, rather than send you home without pay, do you want to be a sitter? I'm like, well, what's that? They're like, well, people, um, you know, you, basically you sit in the room with people. Maybe they have some problems and things like that. And they just need to be watched. And the nurses don't have time to watch them. I'm like, yeah, no problem. So I go up. <clears throat> uh, it's a younger fella uh, who's had trouble with the law and with drugs. And uh, so I go in. I'm like, hey, man, what's happening? He's like, hey, how you doing? I said, my name's Kevin. He goes, how you doing, Mr. Kevin? I'm like, I'm fine. Thank you. Respectful. That's wonderful. I said, I'm just going to hang out with you if that's okay. He goes, yeah, that's fine, man. That's fine. So we're watching a little uh, Andy, and Andy Griffith show or something like that. And he goes, yo, man, would you mind if I go down the hall and get a book at the, at the day room? I'm like, no, that's not a problem. Let's go. Get up, walk down, get the book. We come back. I made the mistake of walking oh, in no. the room first, which now means that he is between me and the door. Okay. He goes, yo, man, what's your problem? I'm like, excuse me? He goes, yo, man, what's your problem? Let's say his name was Dante. I can't remember his real name. Okay. I'm like, Dante, what are you talking I'm Mr. Kevin. <laughs> what are you talking about? He goes, I see how you be eyeballing me. I'm like, now I realized he's between me and the door. I can't get out of the room. I'm like, I don't know what you're talking about, man. He goes, man, I get a bad, I get a really bad vibe from you. I'm like, dude, if you don't want me to be here, let me see if I can get somebody else to come up and hang with you. Okay. He goes, yeah, I think that would be best. And he lets me out of the room. I'm like, thank God. Wow. So I go to the nurse. I explain what happened. She goes, let me call down to the place that has the sitter assignments. She goes, she gets on the phone. She goes, there's nobody else. I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? So I go back. I'm like, I'm sorry, man. There's nobody else that can come up. He goes, well, then we're going to have a problem. <laughs> back to the nurse I go. The nurse comes. She's like trying to, you know, be... <laughs> Oh my God, well, the situation, right? Trying to call the situation. He goes, I just don't like him. I don't like the way he's looking at me, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, oh my God. She goes, well, look, he has to kind of stay here. Do you, is it okay if he just like sits outside the door? And he goes, yeah, that'd be okay. So I sit outside the store. Now I can hear him in there going, <laughs> like he got one over on us, right? <laughs> think he gonna sit in my room (laughs) oh jesus now i'm getting pissed right (laughs) oh no you're getting pissed now i'm getting pissed right so he would come to the door look at me and just laugh (laughs) dude yeah it's fucked up i never knew the story about yeah yeah so he goes back in the room right now i'm pissed off now listen man i'm what they call smart so i'm standing there right and i'm like fuck this guy so i go to parade rest remember i was in the army that's parade rest he would come to the door, and I would snap to attention and stare him down. I said, what the fuck? He'd go back in the room, right? i go back to parade rest so he can see me. Come back to the door, right to attention, staring him down, right? What the fuck's this? What the fuck? I'm like, I'm getting him. I'm getting to him. <laughs> this happens a couple times. 
He then goes to the phone, dials 911. <laughs> he's in the hospital, right? He goes, yeah, man. Um, <laughs> Yeah, he's in the hospital, dials 911. I can see all of this happening. And I'm like, this is the greatest day ever. He goes, uh, look. Kevin, this is such a great story. He goes, look. Um, exactly. He goes, I'm in, the, I'm in the hospital right now. I'm in Presbyterian Hospital, and I'm feeling threatened. I can just imagine what the 911 operator is saying. He goes, well, there's a man outside my door, and every time I go to the door, I feel threatened. But... Yeah the, ner- yeah, the nurse is here. What? I don't know what room I'm in. But I feel... Hello? Hello? Right? So this continues on. He come to, kind of come to the... He doesn't come to the full door anymore. Stop to attention. Stare him down. Yeah, remember, I was military police. I know how to intimidate people, right? Goes back. Calls 911 again. <laughs> Look. Uh, I'm in the hospital. Now I was in Western Psych. I'm like, there you go. <laughs> but they brought me over here because I was having arrhythmia. And now there's a man here, and he's like threatening me. And it, hello, hello, right? Like, That's great. So finally, the, my one hangs up. Yeah, on they just hang up. On <laughs> I am fucking loving this. So my shift ends, and they send up another sitter. This guy is huge. Big black guy, big muscles and everything. He's like, hey, man, what's happening? I said, well, I explained the whole situation to him. I said, I've been standing outside. I don't want to escalate escalate the situation. He goes, yeah, I got something for it. That's fine, man. You are relieved. You can go home. I'm like, thank you very much. So the new sitter goes into the room. And I can hear the guy in the, in the like the crazy guy go, Dante, going, no, man, what's your problem? I'm like, have a good night. <laughs> But yeah, that was the Latin. That I, <laughs> next day, I went to my boss. I'm like, I'm not sitting anymore. I'm not sitting anymore. I feel, oh, my God. Yo! But yeah, just to listen to him down, I want, uh, hello, listen, I'm in the hospital, and I'm feeling threatened. That's beautiful, man. You should have told him you want to come back tomorrow. Yeah, can I go back to Dante's home? <laughs> You show up every day and just do that. Oh, and this dude was drinking coffee like left and right, right? Uh, I, I was before he, he wired. Before, yeah, he was wired, and finally the nurse is like, Dante, you can't have that again. Not his real name, Dante. You can't have any more coffee because I love coffee. And she goes to me. And she goes, when they're like coming off of a drug, they crave caffeine, and that's why he keeps it every five minutes. Like, yo, man, see if they can get me some coffee. Dante, they already said you can't have any coffee. I'm like, yeah, that's all you need is more coffee. Yeah, yeah, so that was my adventure. Adventures in Dante sitting. Wow. Yeah. All right. Oh, my gosh. Whew. I hope you all enjoyed that Woo. interlude as much as I Yo, did. Yo, man. Because um, I... What's your problem? I'm having a hard time catching my breath after that. Stupid. I so fucking hard. <laughs> <laughs> Excuse me. Excuse me. Excuse me very much. Fuck you. Oh, my oh, God. Wow. This is crazy, dude. Yeah. Wow. Uh-huh. Oh, my goodness. So, um... Okay. Let's get Jesus right to it. Christ, man. Let's get right Let's to it. Let's cry. <clears throat> Jesus Christy. So we're going to just kind of run down some of like, I think. Yeah. So, so, you have, so you have this phenomenon with uh, all these people. John featuring Mary. Or right. whatever. Yeah, you know, yeah, it's yeah, like, yeah. you know, this is like constant thing happening. Um, oh, but over the years, there have been some great classic uh, tracks mm-hmm. that were sort of birthed uh, this way. Um, so I'm like trying to like keep, the, I'm trying to think of people that were where I sort of felt like 
maybe maybe was a little bit more organic and not so just yeah but, it, um, but there you're is gonna abs- go record with this one yeah, it, yeah. so um what i think is really interesting too is um there is a um marketing side to this it makes total sense like mm-hmm. <clears throat> if you get somebody uh well i'll give you a good example from our generation you get somebody like run dmc to exactly, work with Aerosmith. on my list yes. so now you get yes. some you know some people that like run DMC. gonna be interested yeah and yeah the and so you might be able to like get, yeah. you know create a you know you can draw from both fan bases yeah sometimes um it garners enough um respect that you the people there are they gain you some new fans on both sides right as well <clears throat> so you see you can see why that is very tempting but the one that i have at the top of my list i think this is one of the most famous songs yes of collaborations of all time yes um and that was and it is the collaboration of stevie nicks with tom petty now mm-hmm. um this is not what i thought at all now i um, what I, what I mean by that is not that I learned this today. Right. I learned this when I saw the movie. Um, did you see the movie about Tom Petty? Oh yeah, yeah, running uh, down the running down the dream, documentary. Yeah. The documentary, yes, yeah. yes. <clears throat> and he goes, "It's his disgusting great detail in that movie." Yes. Um, but um, I had a thought that it was a corporate thing, like. Petty's manager was yeah. like, you know, go work with her. She's going she's, to sing with She's you. a big star, so yes. you guys go work with her. But that is not what it was. And this was also yeah. before I really knew who Tom Petty was as right. an artist. You know, <clears throat> once after, <clears throat> this is pretty early on in his career as well. Mm-hmm. And once we got to know who Tom Petty was, you realize that right. that oh. would never be the case. This was some, yes. this yeah, was yeah, something yeah. that was not, they did for artistic reasons. It yeah, wasn't just yeah. a thing. So anyways, uh, writing a great song is this is from a website called americansongwriter.com uh it's tricky enough but writing a standout duet is an even more difficult bit of business after that you have to make room for two contrasting perspectives without pulling the song apart at the seams in the process and since the majority of duets are intergender you have to be able to write believably for the opposite sex Yeah, yeah. I mean, <laughs> this certain thing. Yeah, okay. We're not going to go there. Not not because it's a bad place to go, but just because this podcast could end up going for seven hours. Um, yes. Most, but most people would agree that Tom Petty pulled off one of the uh, great duets in rock history when he penned "Stop Dragging My Heart Around" and joined Stevie Nicks on the justly celebrated recording. The only problem with that story is that the song wasn't meant to be a duet at all. Petty recalled to uh, author Paul Zolo in the book Conversation with Tom Petty. Huh, interesting name for a Tom book about Tom Petty. Anyways, uh-huh. Fleetwood Mac, um, uh, the you know. So so according to this Paul Zolo, he he said that he had heard Tom Petty heard that um, Stevie Nicks kind of had a crush on him. Yes, and wanted a, wanted him to write a song for her. So he, she said that Stevie came around in 1978 said <clears throat> and he was, uh, uh, the, you know, this guy, this was a total fan. Uh, and she said that she was a total fan of um, Tom, Tom Petty. Yeah. Excuse me. Excuse That's me. okay. Uh, and it was her mission in life that he should write a song about her. Now, this is a typical woman, right? Yes. I'm sorry. And it's like, but like it's, a, it's a stereotypical thing that women, right? Yes. You know, um, she was just she was a little princess, wasn't she? Yes, she yeah, she was. I mean, she's very cute. 
Mm-hmm. Very mm-hmm. talented. Yes. You know what I mean? So, I mean she was a woman. And I mean, you can understand she wants why. Tom to write a song for her, and, about her. And, Not even for her, yeah. about her. <clears throat> um, and it's, um, you know, I mean, Lizzie Buckingham, you know, I mean, he was very enamored with her. And he's a great, mm-hmm. he's an amazing mm-hmm. musician sure. as well. <clears throat> um, so they were a little weary of Steve, Stevie. Um yes. Uh, they didn't know what to think of her um, because they saw Fleetwood. The, the, you know, Pe- Tom Petty's one is like kind of like once you kind of get to know a little bit more about him, he's the kind of hard knocks kind of guy. You yeah, know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. You know, uh, came up through music, you know, really hard, had to fire his like whole band and send mm-hmm, them back to mm-hmm. Florida while he, you know, he did, had to yeah. go through some heartbreaking shit. <clears throat> and um, he kind of, they saw Fleetwood Mac or like big corporate like uh, business people. Exactly. And, um, but, um, you know, they turned out that they, Tom said that was completely, we had the wrong attitude. Mm-hmm. He said they, we realized that very quickly that these were artistic people too. Um, but he's people, you know, puppies, we were just thinking like, what does this lady want? <laughs> well, that's like, this is so weird. She's a big rock star, you know, right? we're not gonna, you know, <clears throat> uh, Nix was uh, persistent and petty, uh, eventually attempted a song. Uh, to be included on her solo album, he wrote a, a ballad called Insider. But when the two sang it together, Petty liked it so much, he decided to yeah, keep it for himself. It <laughs> he included it on the Heartbreakers in the 81 album, Hard Promises. Even using a line from the song to give the album its name. Uh, at the uh, time uh, this was occurring, uh, Jimmy Eovine, who was uh, Petty's producer, also lined up Nix's album Belladonna, asked Tom about another song uh, from the Hard Promises session. Lyrics by Petty and music by the Heartbreaker guitarist Mike Campbell. <clears throat> the Heartbreakers, uh, with Don Duck Dunn filling in for the band's usual bassist, had finished Stop Dragging My Heart Around right down to Petty's lead vocal, but Eovine persuaded him to give this track to Nick's after he had taken Insider back. So he's like, look, you took Insider back. I'm taking Insider mm, I'm back. I'm taking Insider back. But you got to give something up. You yep. got to have, we have, so as a result, what you hear in the recording uh, became a number three Billboard hit in 81, is Nick singing on top of the Heartbreakers recording. Yeah. In the verses, uh, Petty's vocals, with the exception of a couple lines, were wiped away to make room for Nick's. <laughs> to keep up the appearance of a duet, Nick sang with Petty's vocal in the refrain, actually taking the high harmony since Petty yes. already had the main vocal line covered. The funny uh, thing is that the song works better as a duet. Uh, it's got a typically sturdy Heartbreakers foundation featuring Campbell's moaning guitar and Ben Montench's creeping keyboard. Nix is right at home in the bluesy uh, backdrop, uh, imbuing Petty's controversial lyrics with <clears throat> uh, oodles of fiery attitude and a tinge of genuine hurt. This doesn't have to be the big get even. Uh, she wants the guy to, uh, who comes a knocking on my front door. With the same old line, it doesn't have to be anything at all. Mm-hmm. Uh, Petty's lyrics are stinging and evocative uh, in the run-up to the refrain. We don't need to go into all this. Uh, there are so many tantalizing hypothetical scenarios here. Would Petty's solo of vocal take uh, have become uh, the big hit without Stevie Nicks? Would Stevie Nicks have uh, taken an intensely uh, uh, personal insider and made it a universal as well? So she could she have taken right. that song and it said... As well as uh, uh, fate uh, has the final answer, and the answer is that to uh, to reach its full potential, stop dragging my heart yeah. around. Simply needed two to tango. Yeah, I agree. Um, and it is it it doesn't sound like it could be heard any no, other no. way. This uh, this is a case where we were talking about does it hurt 
or help? Does it really help that it's somebody else? Does this is the song better? This is a case where yes, on both. I mean, it helped that Stevie Nicks from Fleetwood Mac was singing with Tom Petty. Okay, so okay, two two well known people, but the 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 two voices together because they're both unconventional, kind of un, unconventional voices, uh, yeah, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. they fit so well in the song. This song definitely benefited from both big names and um, you know the the fact that they. It was perfect together. It was a good collaboration. So I always thought that Stevie <clears throat> Nicks sort of sounded like um, uh, Bob Dylan. If Bob Dylan and Dolly Parton had a child, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and Tom Petty sounds like if Bob Dylan had a child. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, I was at work the other day, and there was a Tom Petty song on, and the one cook is like, "Yeah, it really sounds like Bob Dylan." I'm like, "Do you know anything about Tom Petty?" <laughs> Bob's like one of his biggest influences. Yeah. It's meant to be like he's meant to be like that. They're like, oh, okay. Um, I um, think too, <clears throat> and I and you know I was given I was making some sexist jokes about Stevie Nicks. What's wrong with making sexy jokes? Exactly. Um, but she was. But at the end of the day, she was right. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like me and mm-hmm. Tom Petty got to do something together because it would be awesome. Stevie, you were absolutely you're right. Absolutely like that, right. And, and that's a tribute to her mm-hmm. musicianship. Yeah, that's why she she's a great. It. She could hear just yeah. like you know. That's she knew she had that. that like the part, part about being a musician is having kind of like a musical vision. Like, and she was like, oh, she had heard this guy. And she's like, man, we could do something. Exactly. And very, very good, Stevie. Good on, yes. good on you, girl. Good job, you girl. Go power. Good job, girl power. <laughs> Do you have one you would like to speak about? I do about? have one. This is also, uh, well, it's it's a woman getting involved with the band. <gasps> oh, my God. I know. That sounds down horrible. Down. I don't down. think I can, down. I don't think down. I can down. handle Simmer it. Simmer down. Now. Oh, now really simmer down. <laughs> so the song is Time Stand Still by Your Friends and Mine. The nice That's a boys. good one. I yeah. like Time Stand Still. The nice boys from Canada. Uh, that would be Rush. So, um, the song starts in Before Going to Common Time by the first verse, blah, blah, blah. Till Tuesday front woman Amy Mann briefly sings in each chorus of the song, marking, marking Rush's first collaboration with another vocalist. Uh, Rush guitarist Life, Alex Lifeson added that the band thought a female singer would suit the song. I agree. That's kind of good. Yeah. Now, listen to this. Initially, the band had hoped to recruit Cindy Lauper to sing the part. Mm, I don't know about that. Then later approached the pretenders Chrissy Hind because according to Lifeson, we thought she'd be perfect, but Chrissy I, was unavailable at the time. I could hear I could hear any one of those ladies doing yeah, it. Yeah, definitely. I think that, I think I, I it would definitely had a different tinge. But you know, Cindy Lauper, I've heard her do stuff, and she knows when to kind of like. Dial it like, back dial a little bit instead of being the Cindy Lauper. Yeah, 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 I think I, I, I think that she. I think she would. I'm sure yeah. she would have stepped up to the plate and done a great yeah. job. But I'm sorry, continue. But uh, uh, unfortunately, <laughs> Chrissy was unavailable. Rush later recruited Man and paid her. Listen to this. Wow, raking in the bucks here. Two thousand dollars to sing on the track. <laughs> with Lifeson saying that her voice blends with Getty Lee's perfectly, and I think it creates the light, the right atmosphere for the song. It was just something new for Rush. So that that is my that's my uh, pick here. One of my picks. Time stands still with Rush and Amy Mann. 
How about that? Ain't that some shit? Yeah, I thought it, I remember when I first heard the song, and I'm like, immediately I knew it was Amy Mann because I was familiar with Till Tuesday. And now, and this is again before the internet, so you're like, what? What? How did this happen? How did this happen? But there you go. They just they're trying something different. Those boys from Canada always trying something different. Um, I, I that's a great pick. I have um, it's my, I, this my probably my personally my personal favorite Rush song of all time. Yes, <clears throat> for just personal reasons, not because I think it's their greatest song, but just like personal uh, favorite of mine. Yeah, I want to talk now about one of our, I know Mr. Pittsburgh and I's favorite people. Yes. And that is uh, a little guy named Michael McDonald. Maybe you heard of him. Yes. He was was in the Doobie of Brothers. <laughs> in my list, I have Michael McDonald also. <laughs> and like the other ones, I have the song that they're on. I have Michael McDonald and everybody. <laughs> <clears throat> well, so. this is the story. <clears throat> of how Michael McDonald came to sing on um, Run oh, Ride Like the Wind. Yeah. Um, even if Christopher Cross had only released sing- the singles like Arthur um, and Sailing, he'd still be heard coming out of radios in 2022, 2023 now. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a little question that one of the most impressive singles in his discography discography and some would argue uh one that holds up as his best is his debut single ride like the wind which features contributions from one of the most ubiquitous guest vocalists of his generation michael mcdonald in an interview with song facts cross detailed the origins of the song's lyrics which Brace yourself. Those of you with delicate sensibilities were written while he was under the influence of LDS. The Church of Latter-day Saints? Exactly. Wow. I grew up with a <laughs> I grew up with a lot of cowboy movies, serials uh-huh. and stuff uh-huh. like The Lone Ranger and these cowboy serials uh uh where there were always chasing the bad guy. Yes. I lived in San Antonio near Mexico, so there was always this anarchist allure about if you could get to Mexico, you could escape authority. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, he recalled Cross. Also, Mexico was a place where you could go down there and drink and do all this debauchery as a kid. Yeah. You think it sounds really cool, so uh, getting uh, to the border in Mexico was a fascinating thing to me. McDonald hmm. found his way onto the track through Cross's producer Michael O'Marty, and it's a name we know both. There you go, well, I know that well. Yes, <clears throat> who worked on, uh, with uh, McDonald uh, when he sang background vocals on with, with Steely Dan. Originally, McDonald was only set to appear on the song "I Really Don't Know Anymore," but when Cross and O'Marty realized they needed another voice for the answer call in "Ride Like the Wind," they asked McDonald if he'd be willing to. Uh, pop back into the studio again. The rest, of course, is musical history. Hmm. Uh, Ride Like the Wind wasn't the chart topper that his second single, Sailing, would prove to be, but it did rise to number two on the Billboard chart. Oh, wow, number two. Oh, poor mm-hmm. guy. Only made wow. Uh, kept away from uh, from Call Me. The, uh, the number one spot was uh, Call Me by Blondie. That was sort of... He- okay. Two songs were neck and neck. <clears throat> Actually, uh, never mind that. Uh, let's instead wrap up by looking back at one of the funniest things to emerge as a result of McDonald's appearance on Ride Like the Wind. Once upon a time, long ago, SCT delivered a delightful sketch 
which portrayed McDonald rushing yes, to the city I to report his vocals for Ride Like the Wind. During a 2018 interview with Ultimate Classic Rock, the singer revealed how he how the sketch made him think he might be losing it. I was over at Pat Simmons' room after a Doobie Brothers show. He said to me, we're going to smoke this joint. And he goes, this stuff is insane. You're only going to want to smoke a little <laughs> bit because it's crazy. Okay, so when your friends give you something... You know, now if a stranger get, tells you that, like you don't do it. But if you know he's a do, you know they are Doobie Brothers, right, okay? Right. And they were they are all close. They are all they were, you know. So this is his bro Pat telling him it's okay, but just a little bit, just a, yeah. But he is telling him it's crazy. It was some kind of crazy gunja, you know. I'm too old to be saying things like this now. But anyway, we sat on the bed and we smoked this joint and we were talking. I literally staggered down the hall, got my key into the door, went to the room, and I'm thinking, man, I gotta lay down. This stuff is crazy. <laughs> I used to leave my uh, <clears throat> TV on when we would go to gig just because I thought people would think there was somebody in the room. So SCTV was, uh, in, uh, was in progress and a, that skit was on. And I'm looking at the TV and I'm so stoned and I don't even know where I am. I'm only hoping it's my room, you know. I'm watching this guy on TV in this car running uh, into the session and they're playing Christopher Cross. And I went, am I having a psychotic breakdown? (laughs) (laughs) And it's like, I'm going, I know that guy. And I'm going, who is that? And I'm thinking, oh my God. For just about a split second, I thought, that's it. I'm never smoking pot again because this is too crazy. (laughs) He says, but as this thing went on, I realized it was a skit and I could hardly believe it. And then I think it's followed uh, me ever since. Rick Moranis actually came to a show uh, I did uh, with Donald Fagan somewhere in New York and for some reason felt the need to apologize to me about it. And I said, hey, are you kidding? I'm still getting mileage out of that. Yeah, right? (laughs) That is a great fucking story. Oh, that's a, that's, that's why you tune into the Ludini Rock and Roll Circus, and you can read that story again. It's at uh, WeAreClassicRockers.com. Um, I put that in the show notes. How about that? That's awesome. What do you got there? You got anything else you want to talk about? I'm trying to figure out the album. This, this was an interesting collaboration. I know they get a lot of shit, but Nickelback is not a bad band. All right. And I remember getting uh, an album. Uh, can you turn his microphone off now, please? Anyway, I'll do it. But go ahead. I'm sorry. But uh, yeah, I'm trying to figure out which album this was on. And they collaborated with the guy from, um, they with Ian Thornley. Didn't they collaborate with Ian Thornley from uh, Big Wreck? Well, At least the, on a song, I think. The, the song I'm thinking about is uh, Elton John's Saturday Night's All Right for Fighting. Oh, yeah. That they had Kid Rock come and sing on. Oh, okay. And I remember I had the cassette, and it's the last song on that particular cassette. And it fucking rocks. It's high. It's good. Nickelback, yeah, it's high energy, right? So years go by, and, uh, you know, I the cassette's long gone I'm like I'm gonna get the CD and it's not on the CD I'm like are you kidding me I look for it every- can't find it uh, at the time Napster was up I think I could not find it on Napster it was just terrible uh, thankfully it is on Spotify so I was able to rehear it but yeah it was really cool because I think Chad takes the first uh, verse and Kid Rock takes the second and it's really done well like I said, very high energy. I, I, I need to be tell you, I got to tell you something. Go ahead. 
I was today years old when I learned that Kid Rock is on that. I love that. That is one of my yeah. favorite things Nickelback ever did. Yeah. And I did not know the Kid Rock was on now it. Now you know. I, Kevin, listen, here's how much I love Talk that song. To you, Goose. Like, <clears throat> I would, <clears throat> different, over the years, different girlfriends would go, one of our favorite things to do is to go to a bar. Uh-huh. And like try to like surprise each other with shit we put on the jukebox. Right, right. Heard this, about this. And so one of my aces in the hole was always that Nickelback. Right. Saturday, Saturday night, night yeah. right for fight. And I was like always like, and they were yeah. like, oh, what is this? Oh my god! And everybody, who like, is this? this? Is like really good. Yeah. And I never knew Kid Rock was singing on. I knew yep, Nickelback. That's Kid Rock. Wow. Well, kiss my entire grits. Um, I we just want to say real quick. Um, well, since we're still talking about Stevie Nicks. Uh-huh. We're not really. No. Um, Leather and Lace. Oh. This was a big hit. And so yes. why not I work with a heartbreaker? I'll work with an eagle. Why not? I think she liked Tom Petty better. I'm just saying. Um, Stevie Nicks said that she wrote this song because Waylon Jennings called me up and asked me to write a song called Leather and Lace. It was going to be a duet for him and his wife. Okay. And I worked very hard trying to explain that it was like what it was like to be, fall in love with someone in the same business and how to approach dealing with each other. Mm. It's probably the hardest thing in the world to do because it falls out of your hands into the hands of the world, which tends to want you to not be able to handle it. Uh, I have to tell you now that Mr. Don Henley was pretty much responsible for the song because he came over every day and told me uh, to either start over or that I was on the right track. Hmm. And he made me finish it. Um, I would completely see, could completely see Don Henley doing that. I mm-hmm, mean, mm-hmm. they were, um, him and Fry were both meticulous about yes. their songwriting. Like very, you know, no, change the word I to the, you know, mm-hmm. like really like, yeah. you know, that, you know, that's not, you know. <clears throat> um so, so he said he helped until she fit. Don and I made a very simple demo of it. He sang it with me, and it was truly wonderful. And then I found out that Waylon oh, and no. Jesse were breaking up, and Waylon wanted to just sing it by himself after all that work I had put into the philosophy of the two people dealing right. with this problem. I told Waylon that only four people in this world could sing this song: he and his wife, or myself and Don Henley. Yeah. Don and I uh, had been going out for quite a while, and bless his heart, he did sing it with me. And again, his fate would have it; it became one of the most special love songs I would ever write there, uh, and remains that even today after all these years all in all it was an unforgettable experience and he, he uh, as as was he mm-hmm. that's so um, there you go yeah that's a uh, that's a bit of my eye enough of that shit you okay okay right. um beat it yeah when I first heard the song, I thought it was about masturbation. I did. You mean it's not? <laughs> oh. Thanks, Mr. Obvious. As the story goes, in 1982, the rest of Van Halen's bandmates were out of town when Eddie got a call out of the blue. Uh, it was the legendary <laughs> producer, uh, Quincy Jones. At first, Eddie didn't believe it. Yeah. I went off on him. He said, uh, I went, what, uh, what do you want, you <laughs> fucking so-and-so and he says is this eddie and i said yeah what the hell do you want he says, this is quincy i'm thinking to myself i don't know anyone named quincy <laughs> it's quincy jones man i went oh sorry. sorry yeah he hung up on him at one point that's awesome <laughs> quincy would go to eddie ask him to play michael jackson's new record i'm thinking to myself he said okay a b c one two three and i'm thinking how's that's gonna work, work. 
since his uh, bandmates weren't around to mix the collaboration, he agreed and made some minor adjustments to the track's arrangement and did the solo uh, for free as a favor. In just two takes, the entire thing took less than an hour in a video on music engineering and the uh, tracks engineers revealed uh, that during the solo, the studio's minor speakers literally burst into flames. That, that, I don't, I don't think know, man. Sammy I'm Hagar like, Les Paul yeah, tell that story I Come think, on I think Sammy Hagar told him later on uh-huh. Here's how you know You gotta juice yeah, that story up <laughs> Come fire Hey listen to me yeah. oh my <laughs> Here's God. what you really want to say That's great uh, he's, And everybody else will agree to Because you're Eddie fucking Van yeah, Halen yeah, he, Nobody's yeah, gonna deny Nobody's gonna deny That's the right Mr. Van Halen yeah. It sure <laughs> did happen <laughs> You know, even Quincy and Michael will agree because yeah. that just makes the song that much more legendary. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. that he wasn't. You know, that, that you know, Sammy Hagar was no, fi- no fucking Come dummy. Um, I was uh, just finishing the second solo when Michael walked in, and you know, artists are kind of crazy people. We're all in a little, little bit. We're all a little bit strange. I don't know how he would react to what I was doing, so I warned him before he listened. Uh, now, in my mind, he's either going. Damn, his bodyguards kicked me out for butchering the song, or he's gonna like it. And so he gave it a listen, and he turned to me and went, "Wow, thank you so much for having the passion to not just come in and blaze a solo, but to actually care about the song and make it better." When his bandmates got back and learned the collaboration, they thought he made a grave mistake. Mm-hmm. He sees it differently. Um, I I was a complete fool. He said, according to the rest of the band, our manager and everyone else, I was uh, not used. So in other words, they thought they were just using him. He says, I knew what I was doing and I don't want something unless I want to do it. I don't want to do something unless I want to do it. Um, Coincidentally, Thriller kept Van Halen's album from going to number one. (laughs) Yeah, Eddie's like, when Eddie agreed, he's like, well, who, look, Michael Jackson, R&B artist, who the hell's going to hear my solo, right? Well, I'll tell you what, man. It brought the it brought the rock and rollers to you know Michael Jackson and and Michael Jackson to the rock and rollers, man. It was uh, you know it was a big step. Way to go, Eddie. That's funny. Who's going to hear this? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, everyone. Yeah, Quincy Jones uh, released something on the when he heard that Eddie had passed away. Oh, uh, yeah. But anyways, uh, yeah, that, I mean, and I remember when that came out and we were all so excited. And I got to be very honest with you. Yeah. I mean, I had roller skated to um, some of the songs on Off the Wall and stuff like that, mm-hmm. but it was not really my thing. Right. It's our um, yeah. You know, um, but when I when Eddie Van Plan played on that, man, I mm-hmm. became a Michael Jackson fan yeah. and remained a Michael Jackson fan until the end. Like, I'm a, you know, I thought he, he, was, the, he was the king of pop. He got fucking Eddie Van Halen said he was alright He's gotta be okay Yeah Eddie fucking Van Halen Yeah, yeah exactly We gotta get Eddie Van Halen man <laughs> But you gotta give Steve Lukather You know the props well, for See this is the question I yeah. had on this yeah. This is the question I had on this song This is So Could I think that Steve Lukather Would have played an amazing solo on this. Mm-hmm. I think he would have totally. I think there's a number of guitarists from that scene that would have like tore this up and played yeah. something super memorable. It would have become probably one of Steve Lukather's most famous things ever. Mm-hmm. He would have probably been a lot more famous of a guitar player even if if he would have played the solo on that. Because mm-hmm. um, it was destined to be hit with or without any. Oh, exactly. Hit, in my yeah, opinion. yeah. It's very catchy. 
had big music video on MTV. Yep, like yep. who the guitarist was wasn't going to like make a difference what they, they were going to do with the music video. Like right, you know, they were going right. to do a music video. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. <clears throat> um, that, uh, um, but I think you know Dan Huff. There's a lot of guys who mm-hmm. would have like came in and crushed the like rock guys at that era. I mean, I don't know. It'd have been fun to hear somebody like George Lynch or um, Warren D. Martini or Vito Brada mm-hmm. or you know mm-hmm. one of those guys. But like, who is the ki- who's the godfather of all of them? Eddie fucking exactly. Van Halen. So if Michael Jackson's right going to get somebody, he, Eddie's getting uh, Michael's getting Eddie. That's just it. He's Michael Jackson. Yeah, he's Mike. He's He's Michael Jackson. Mm-hmm. And that's that. There's no... I'm, that, you're, I'm, I'm that. done. I'm out. That's that. I can't work under these conditions. <laughs> so, I think that this was a kind of like combination of a lot of things. And I think... I don't... I also think Michael is a supreme, superb businessman. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure he probably went like, you know, I want people... He's, I think the people that like rock would like some of my music. I think I, I he was a musician, dude. Musicians think shit like this. And I'm sure he thought like it would be kind of cool if we could get some rock people a little bit, you know, more interested in like what I'm doing. Um and he probably loved I'm sure he'd love Van Halen too. I mean, he didn't just like call up somebody and say, "Who's a hot guitar player?" Right? I'm sure, you know, Michael was a musician's musician. You know, he wrote that riff, that beat it riff. Uh-huh. Michael Jackson wrote oh. It. Just, oh, did he really? Yeah, he wrote. It. He just sang Okay. It. He said, that's how he always worked. He said, that Michael, that's how he would come in. He said, I want you to play. And you, I want you to go, la, 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 la. You know, Okay, we got it. You know, okay. that's what the band would do. Yeah. You know. That's great. Sounds great, guys. <laughs> um, so, uh, um, I don't know. What do you think about it? I mean, did, did it make any impression upon you when it came out? Oh, yeah, definitely. You know, because I was aware of Michael Jackson. I, his music was okay. But, geez, oh, man, now you've got Eddie Van Halen. You know, and it's so distinctively Eddie Van Halen. There's no, yeah, no, no, no. Yeah. else could have sounded like that. And Absolutely. you, you would, you know what? You would, you first couple of times you heard it, you'd wait for that solo. You'd, you'd muddle through the rest of the song. Okay, here it is, right? But the more you heard it, you heard it a lot. The more you realized the rest of the song was kind of good too. It's a good song. It's a good riff. Yeah, yeah, it's a really good riff. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Again, I think it's a, it's a case of two big names both bring their own people in but it's also a really good song and i think his what i what i'm going to call unorthodox style of lead really added to that song so there you go oh yeah it was very distinctive yeah, yeah, yeah. he yeah. he just played like Eddie Van Halen plays yep. that was yeah, just it that's it um you know you think about the songs after that that he did with other notable guitars like Dirty Diana is on the next on is on off the wall mm-hmm. and that's Steve Stevens yes on yes. that you know what I mean? So he brings Steve Stevens into play. And it's some of Steve Stevens' hottest guitar playing, I think. It's really good. Yeah. And then um, then a follow-up to that, he came out with us. He did a song with Slash. Right. Black or White. Yep. It was a great song. Yeah. Um, so, you know, he just this became a little bit of a tradition for a while. And then he hit the touring guitarists he had were always amazing. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. Jennifer ba- Jenny, Bat- Jerry Batten. And, uh, uh, I was Ari- really Ari- sorry Arianthe Ari- did not get to actually play live with him. Uh, but there's a great thing I think uh, well she was hired and then he passed away yeah there's a great documentary I think it's called This Is It where they show him practicing for the upcoming tour before he passed away and she's in that and just to watch her (laughs) and it's really cool because to watch her take direction from him because he knew his shit you know he didn't he couldn't play you know he didn't play an instrument like them but he would tell them and they'd play something he'd be like no 
you're doing it wrong. You're going da da da, and I wanted to go da da da. You know, and he would like, and they would work it out and stuff. But uh, it's really interesting to see her play in that documentary. So yeah, he's um, <laughs> he's said da da, and I'll be. Hey, you work it out. I need to go take some anesthetic right now. I need, I and I'll be back. <laughs> I'm just gonna. This is my new song called Propofol. <laughs> I'm gonna chloroform myself. He he. <laughs> he, he. Oh. Michael, you okay? I'm all right. You know, too. Like you think about his bit. Like I was thinking about how much like Prince took from James Brown. Uh-huh. Michael Jackson took a lot from James Brown too. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot of there's a lot of, there's a lot of James Brown and Michael Jackson. You know, last night I had to go and find Little Red Corvette because I remember a story that Prince told. He goes, when we shot that video, he goes, during the breakdown, he goes, I told the cameraman and the director, just focus on me. Just focus on me, right? Okay. And so during the breakdown, he does that little dance around and stuff. He does the split in it. He does the microphone, the James Brown microphone. I'm like, God damn it. How many decades ago was that? And it's still fucking powerful. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, but that's a great, <laughs> a great collaboration. Yeah. Some, you know, um, I think you could tell by our enthusiasm, you know, what a memorable what thing that was. was. It was yeah. a big, it was a huge yeah. thing. It was a huge thing. Everybody knew That's about it. And people said. that didn't know who Eddie Van Halen was, like, you know, like 13-year-old girls mm-hmm. like, who were just who were listening, listening to, to pop radio, yeah. they all of a sudden found out who Eddie Van Halen was. Oh, and this? I thought that that was a nice side benefit from it. It probably got... They probably sold a bunch of uh, starter uh, guitar packages yep. from yep. Fender yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that year for Christmas. Yes, yes. <laughs> I'm sure that it did. Um... Uh, the, the song, the the the, the uh, record, though, I think that where we've gone, we went from. Okay, this was an occasional thing. Now it sounds from the way we talked, like mm-hmm. you know, like a ride like the wind was released every other week. No, it was not. No, these were no. milestone things. In a, a no. years before that, there, you know, uh, and and there were artists that went together for a little while, um, mm-hmm. like um, Marvin Gaye and um, Tammy Terrell. You know, like mm-hmm. they were together, like for, they would do things yeah. together. And we did mention Waylon Jennings and Jesse Coulter mm-hmm. and things like that. They kind of like do duoed for for uh, for like periods of time and stuff yeah. like that. Um, but these um, these songs weren't necessarily like all big and they weren't that often. Mm-hmm. Um, so now I think th- I think where the craze really took off. To where like it really became such a big thing and went to well at least took it to the next level. Yeah, was the album um, with the song was the song "Smooth," right? Okay, by Santana. Yes, um, and Santana did something that no artist had really done before. He was a heritage artist, mm-hmm. and so he wanted to go on tour. Right, but he was a heritage artist. You're like, no, you're just going to go out and play. Your hits. You know, Oye Como Va and, you yeah, know, yeah, Europa. Yeah. And he's like, no, he's no, I want to be like a, like, I want to get like, how do I get on the charts and stuff? Right. And they were like, <laughs> come on, dude. Yeah, come on, dude. Just, come on. just go out and play your hits. Yeah. Um, so he got the idea or somebody in his organization got the idea, let's pair him up with singers that are, that are like really liked right now. They're really mm-hmm. good. Everybody I think on the record is really fucking good. I mean, I don't think there's anybody who like sucks. They're all really good. Um, um, so it works, I think on, on an artistic level yep. as well as it does on a, um, um, uh, on a, um, 
you know, for what it, for it's it's marketing. I guess it it is marketing, but yeah. it's also a way for <clears throat> an artist like this to reinvent themselves. Exactly. Okay. Um, and um, so Rob Thomas from Matchbox Twenty wrote "Smooth." Okay. With uh, Ital Sir, a songwriter and producer who has worked with Jewel and a bunch of other people. Mm-hmm. Sir told the story in Song Facts interview. I was already active in the music business. I had some hit records with Maxwell and already touring the world with the Groove Collective. Mm-hmm. So people knew me more in the underground scene, but I wasn't as big as Rob Thomas, of course. My manager uh, at the time told me that uh, Peter uh, Ganbarg, who was working at the time with Arista, uh, he was looking for music for the new Santana record. At the time, I had my own band and was performing a lot around the city. I jumped at it because I grew up uh, with an older brother who uh, hipped me to classic rock, and I always loved Santana. Sure. I went to the office, and I wanted to hear what they had. Uh, I wanted... <clears throat> uh, I wanted to hear what they had first to see what kind of direction they were going to go for. Uh, when I went up there, I heard the Wycliffe track. He did a song with Wycliffe, Gene, mm-hmm. right? Yep, yep. Um, I heard the Dave Matthews track, heard a couple other tracks, and I realized there wasn't the kind of track that was, in my opinion, a standard Santana groove like Black Magic Woman right. or Oye Komovar, either ways. So I went home and wrote this track on guitar with all the arrangements called uh, Room 17. Uh, it was about this couple that met after a long time and had a little tryst in a hotel room. All right, then. I brought it to Rista. They loved the instrumental and they liked the parts of the melodies, but they didn't like the lyrics. Uh, they thought it was a little too sexual. So they asked me if I wanted to work with Rob Thomas. I didn't know him. I heard a little bit about Matchbox 20. Uh, he happened to live uh, at the same time in Soho, very close to me. I came over and he had already written the verses to the uh, instrumental that wow. Arista gave him. I had a chorus and the same melody, room uh, room one's Room 17 on the 17th floor, take me to the elevator. I'll meet you at the door. Uh, he didn't have a chorus, so, uh, so, bef- so before he came, I changed the words around to give me an ocean, give me the moon, give me something hot to make my body move. Mm-hmm. And this turned into the chorus that we all know. Well, there you go. Um, so Thomas sang on it, but that wasn't the original plan. He had never written a song for uh, someone else, so he jumped at the chance to write a song uh, with for, with Sir for Santana, mm-hmm. figuring it would boost songwriting, uh, which it did. Uh, when uh, they finished it, Thomas suggested George Michael, one of his mm-hmm. musical heroes, as the vocals. Arista Record ended up asking Thomas to do the vocals, and when he did, it was uh, in Michael's style. If you listen to the melody and the, and the cadence, it's an attempt to emulate his style in so many ways, he told Billboard. Okay. Uh, when Thomas launched his solo career a few years later, he once again emulated Michael, who also uh, made the transition from group Wham. to solo. Yes. Yes. Um, so that is a little bit behind that. But that this album, Supernatural, has, you know, song after song. And you've mm-hmm. heard them talking about Dave Matthews and different folks like that. And when that happened, it seems like it opened up... Um, the, like the floodgates for more records to be yeah. to come out like this. Oh yeah, and um, you know, it wasn't you know a few years later we ended up with Slash mm-hmm. starting his record before he was worked with Miles Kennedy exclusively. Right. He put out a record or so with various lead singers. Yes, a bunch yes. of you know, and 
I thought they were all all really good. Yeah. Tony Iommi put out a record with a bunch of different vocalists on it. Mm-hmm. It's really mm-hmm. fucking good. Um, I think that there's times when it just really works. Yeah. Oh yeah, definitely. Um, I think that um, um, it just makes it just makes musical sense. Oh yeah. Uh, but I think you know and I think these are the ones that stick out in my mind as mm-hmm. the ones that sort of like you know it's really you know there's been tons though before that you know how about Elton John and Kiki D yes don't go breaking my heart <laughs> you know don't go breaking my heart well, you know what song I had uh, forgotten about that I remembered was Gold by John Stewart with Stevie Nicks oh people yeah out there people out there turning out. yeah exactly Stevie Nicks is on that um, wow. Yeah. Real quick, funny story about another collaboration. That would be Dire Straits and Sting for Money for Nothing. Oh, that's a good right? Yeah. There's a funny story behind that. So, and I had never really I noticed this MTV. until I heard this story, but I want my MTV is the right. same as Don't Stand So Close to Me. Yep. Right? Okay. Now, that being said, the song comes out, it's a hit. Sting's publishing company, not Sting, Sting's publishing company sued Dire Straits yeah. for copyright infringement. Sting sang it! <laughs> uh, but yeah, I thought that was funny. But that's another one where like, oh, and again, Sting, very distinctive voice, everybody knows Dire Straits, you put the two of them together, and I want my MTV. I, um, that is a really hilarious story. Sting was very... Embarrassed. Oh yeah. By that, um, the, what I had read that uh, he did was set up something so that whatever funds were collected by his publishing, yeah, he would just pay for himself to go back to back to Dire Straits. <laughs> That's awesome. Because he did. He was. He's like. He's I like. Didn't oh, do it for I'm not money. trying to dick you guys yeah, well, over. Even, I don't think he even. I don't even think that he even took any money at all for it. I think yeah. that like. They were yeah, buddies. he's like, yeah, I'll do it. Yeah, come on, yeah, sing on your song, on. you know, yeah. like like the kind of thing where we're in, he was in the studio the same day, uh-huh. or you know, Mark was in there and he's like, hey, we're cutting vocals on us. You want to, you know, I got this idea, you know. Yeah, exactly. You know, you know, I mean, so much, so much of that shit does happen that way. Yeah, it's not all cynical. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> um, I know that. Um. um Bruce Springsteen mm-hmm. is loved by many and hated by many. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, it's good like that. But um, I, I and, and this, you know, this is one of those clickbaity titles I came across on YouTube. Uh-huh. How Bruce Springsteen perfected rock and roll. Oh. And I was like, Bruce, Bruce Springsteen did not perfect rock and roll. Fuck no, you. I'm, so. I'm going to watch your video. All right. There you go. <laughs> Prove you know, me wrong. So um, I thought it was total horseshit, and then I watched the video. I'm like, um, it's a great video. Does it live up to the premise that he perfected rock and roll? Well, I think that's a dubious premise. But the video is really good, and you hear on all his records, he uh-huh. brings out they show he, the guy does great like comparisons of songs from like a from about ten, like like a, a generation before. Okay. So the music that Springsteen was listening to growing up. Right. And like, then they would play like something like Jungle Land or whatever. Uh-huh. And like, and you could hear like, he wasn't plagiarizing, but he was right, like, right, right. his influence. Like, where he was really like, yeah. with these different things that you didn't, and you're like, damn, that's this song. And damn that, you know, uh-huh. there's, he could uh-huh. really hear where he was really, you know, oh, he was um, I mean, one, yeah. one of Springsteen's biggest heroes was, um, 
Roy Orbison. Oh, yes. And so there's yeah. a, you know, and I can't remember what song they were showing, but it was really, it's a really cool uh, video. It's by All Polyphonic. Right. It's a good YouTube channel. You should check it out. Check it out. In terms of new and notable, um, I just want to tell everybody, if you don't, you're not following Martin Miller on YouTube, what oh, the fuck God. are you doing? Oh, guy. You're missing out on some good shit. Yeah. It is good shit. Um, but they just released a few days ago, um, Ultimate 70s Medley. Um, and they kill it. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, like, you can't go wrong with so Martin many Miller. of their medleys, I'm like, this is what the song should have sounded like when, when they it came first out. came out. Yeah, you know, exactly. they really, in my opinion, you know, very, especially when they get into the, uh, not so much on the classic rock tunes, like, so not so much, mm-hmm. but like on the pop tunes. Yeah. Um, have you ever heard their version? Now, Stevie Ray Vaughan did a version of Superstition, but um, their version yes. of Superstition with yes. Paul Gilbert. Yeah. Ah, yeah. fuck. Yeah. That's like, God damn, that is just, that's just sick. Their, their Toto medley is fantastic. Their yeah. Queen medley is fantastic. Yeah. Yeah, I really dig those guys. Um, I saw they had a Purple Rain one. I'm like, well, okay, let me, let, nailed it. Not, not nailed it like, oh, it sounds exactly the same. They add that Martin Miller twist yeah. to it, and it's fantastic. Yeah, really. Um, so if you don't know who Martin Miller is or you haven't, yes. check it out. Yeah, I'll put a link in the show notes. Go there. look him up. There, it's, it's, He's from Germany, you know. Yeah, he is. He, he is, is from Germany. It's so funny because... That's, right. that's why he, everything yeah, is so precise. He, <laughs> he doesn't... He doesn't sound anything like Rammstein. No, he doesn't. No. No. <laughs> or the Scorpions. When he sings, yeah, it's like, oh, okay. That's right. Um, on this day in 1980, mm-hmm. Led Zeppelin appeared uh, at the Muschel Nuremberg. Yeah, in Germany. Germany, okay. That's right. This is on, during their last tour ever. After the group had played uh, just three songs, drummer John Bonham collapsed mm-hmm. on stage. So, at Nuremberg. <laughs> yeah. It was a real That's trial. like I'm gonna tell you, man. Do not play fucking Nuremberg. No, Fuck that. Right if now, I saw my yeah. fucking and I think I was a rock star, and I saw we were playing Nuremberg. I'm like, we're playing someplace else. <laughs> no, we, we go. What's no? Yeah, no, no, no. no. Nuremberg, no. no, no. Thank you. Fuck no. that, man. What I'll go drive the ring, the Nuremberg ring. But I'm not. I'm not. Playing. We'll play Berlin. Yes, that's right. Berlin is good. Yeah, um, that's good. What's the place? Uh, Hamburg, Frankfurt. Frankfurt for hot dog. We took, we were calling Frankfurt it hot dog town. <laughs> the people there, well, we're Pittsburghers, yeah, <laughs> and there are Frankfurters. <laughs> um, on this day, nineteen seventy, the Jackson Five started a two-week run at number one on the U.S. singles charts with "The Love You Save," the group's third number one of the year. Of the year, of the year, they were on fire in nineteen seventy. Fuego. On this day in 1968, dudes, <laughs> uh, Elvis Presley appeared on an NBC, v- NB- NBC TV show. WNBC showed that he was billed as it was billed as his comeback special. Oh. Man, reading is hard. Uh, yeah. The show featured the King performing on a small square stage, surrounded by mostly female That's audience. That's the best kind of audience. Mostly Presley female. was outfitted in black, outfitted in black leather, dun, and performed dun, many of his early hits. Dun, dun. Uh, yeah, later became known as the '68 Comeback Special. Yeah, yeah. it's very cool. If you never see, you can watch yeah, on YouTube. Yeah, it it's really, really good. good. It's really good to hear him. Oh, oh he, 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 he's a rocker. Like you yeah. kind of forgot yeah. that he was a rocker. Yeah, you know, he went to you know. <laughs> Lo, lo, I love you from Honolulu or what, whatever yeah. those like cra- oh, all yeah, this cra- yeah, crazy all these movies yeah. had those yeah. funny titles you know yeah. 
Um, um, Frank Zappa in this day in 1966 the Mothers of Invention released their debut studio album Freak Out Freak Out we've talked about it on the Verve Records Often cited as one of rock music's first concept albums, the album is a satirical expression of frontman Frank Zappa's perception of American pop culture uh, and uh, the freak scene of Los yeah, Angeles. Man, it's also one of the earliest double albums in rock music. Look at that. That rock music. <laughs> so we're going to send out a few happy birthdays to some folks happy out there. Happy birthdays. <clears throat> Doc Pomus. Pomus, I like it. Yeah. Happy birthday to you, brother. Uh, Rode I, a teenager in love. Why must I be? Bruce Johnston. Oh. Oh, He Uh, he did some guitars and vocals with the Beecham Boys. Happy birthday. Joey Covington. Sure. With the airplane and hot tuna. Uh, Jim Fuller of the Safaris. Oh. Gilson Lavis. Happy birthday. Drummer for work with Chuck Berry. Yep. Jules Holland, Jerry Lee Lewis, Dolly Part. Everybody. Jerry Lee Pierce, American Ooh. singer, songwriter, guitarist, founding member, uh, guitarist with The Gun Club. Ooh. Uh, that'd be very politically incorrect. Yes, yes. Band these days. Yeah, well, I look like The Gun, pl- gun, gun Club. I like they the were, gun they club. were, they were uh, a member, they were uh, um, from a genre called um, Cowpunk. Okay. Cowpunk. Yeah. Uh, Lisa Germano, mm-hmm. happy birthday, singer-songwriter, multi-instrumentalist. Okay. Uh, worked on Jen- John Mellonballs. Lisa <laughs> Mellonballs. Michael Ball. Speaking of balls. Yes. One of the Ball brothers. Uh, radio presenter. He had a 1989 UK single called Love Changes Everything. Mm-hmm. Happy birthday. Uh, happy birthday. Uh, Lawrence Colbert, 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 yeah. Uh, Lee Nash and Evan David Tobinfeld. Happy birthday, you happy two birthday to all y'all, all y'all, all y'all, two knuckleheads. You guys are just crazy. Uh, um, uh, so that was, uh, that was fun. What do you think? Yeah. All right, was okay. Yeah. I like that. We did right. some fun, we did some no fun shit tonight, so. Hope you all hung out and had a good time. Uh, we will. Uh, you can find out more about the Ludini Rock and Roll Circus at ludinirockandrollcircus.com, rockrageradio.com to download the free app. By the way, we are on on uh, Sundays around noon on Rock Rage Radio. Mm, so if you're you go going like I went, how can I hear you guys on there? That's how you do that. That's how um, you do also, um, wolfscustoms.online to get some great custom artwork done on your musical instrument. And we mean mute, literal musical instruments. Yeah, not your no, instrument. Yeah, don't we're be sending no dick no perverts. Hey, hey, Wolfie, what can you do with this? <laughs> you got to today. You know, you got to explain you things to people. Them. You know, gotta, what I mean, you know, very, very specific. Um, you know, you know, you got to tell people not to drink bleach and yeah, right. Don't dry your clothes in the dryer if they've been exposed to gasoline. Don't do it. Just no, just dry off the gasoline. You don't just dry the gasoline off in the dryer. No, no especially, <laughs> especially if it's a gas dryer. No, nine nine nine. <laughs> so um, those are words to live by. Words of yep. wisdom. Um, whatever you do this week, kids, do not dry off your gasoline-soaked clothes in Amen. the dryer. Amen. What's wrong with you? <laughs> 
I'm just saying. I'm just saying. <laughs> we will uh, talk to you guys soon. Have a great week. We'll catch you all in the next Lutini Rock and Roll Circus. See ya!